You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. This week, it's me, and we're going to be chatting about the impact of your hormonal health on your immune system. It's been quite an interesting winter. I've had so many patients getting sick and getting sick and getting sick again with viral things, colds, COVID, things that we can't quite figure out what they are. They're not flu, they're not COVID, but we end up with bronchitis. So it's it's been a bit of a rough winter. I mean, it's been that way for the past couple of years because, you know, our immune systems are a little bit low. And so I'm going to talk today about how to support your immune system but really by looking at through the hormonal lens, because I think most of us know, oh, vitamin C, oh, we'll take zinc, we'll take these nutrients. And while those are very, very, very important, particularly after you've had COVID, we want to make sure we up our nutrient levels and keep our nutrient levels in a good place. Sometimes our hormonal health has a major, not sometimes, always our hormonal health has a major impact on what our immune system is doing. So I want to talk a little bit about how the endocrine system, again, how it's super important to keep that part of our bodies balanced so that we have a healthy immune system. And so we're not getting sick constantly because if you've been sick this winter, it's, you, you know, it's, it's rough. You miss work. It's, you know, or if your kids are sick, your kids are out of school, it has a major impact and it stresses us out even more and that is the last thing we all need. We don't need to be stressed, right? So I'm going to start by talking about your thyroid health. And I talk about thyroid. We've had a lot of thyroid episodes. And thyroid health is so important. And so many women, and particularly and men too, have thyroid issues, have hypothyroid, have thyroid symptoms. But one of the kind of maybe not as talked about thyroid symptom is low immunity. And I wanted to just touch on the reason why, because I think when you understand this, you're like, oh yeah, I probably should go get my thyroid levels checked. Your thyroid is responsible for many, many things. It helps, you know, keep your energy levels good. It helps with brain function. It helps keep your hair healthy. It helps your weight stay in check. It helps your metabolism, helps your bowel movements, you know, does a lot of things, master hormone regulator. But one of the things that it like the nitty gritty things that it controls is it controls our basal metabolic rate, which is important for metabolism, which is one of the reasons why your thyroid dictates weight and the ability to lose weight, the ability to gain weight, whatever. But your basal metabolic rate is also responsible for maintaining your body temperature. And we have a body temperature or we're supposed to have a body temperature of 98.6 for a reason. This is the temperature at which most viruses and bacteria and things that shouldn't be in us can't live. So it's really, really important that we stay at this temperature. And one of the reasons why 
oftentimes when we're sick that we get a fever and sometimes we get sick with a virus or a bacteria that can live at higher temperatures. So our body says, hmm, let's warm up. Let's go up to 99.9 or let's go up to 101 because at that temperature, that virus isn't going to survive. Now, so fevers are very, very important. And I probably haven't stressed that enough on this show because I find a lot of my patients are like, oh, yeah, I had a fever. It was 95, but don't worry. I took I took fever reducers. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, unless your fever is over 103, do not take fever reducers. I mean, unless you have to because you have to function. But you want your body to get a fever. It's really, really important to help kill things. So if your body temperature is chronically low, let's say it's 97.9. This is a temperature at which there's a lot more viral bacteria. There's a lot of things that can survive in you at that temperature. And if your thyroid is not functioning properly, we tend to see body temperature run lower. So one of a really easy one of the easiest things you can do to kind of determine how well your thyroid is functioning is take a daily body temperature. See what it is. If you're running around 98.6, you're doing well. And now, and this is different from sometimes I ask patients, what does your temperature run? And they'll be like, oh, I'm hot all the time. You can't go by how you feel. You need to actually take a temperature. Because sometimes think about when you have a fever, you actually feel cold because you've now changed. You know, you feel cold because like it's just, a, it's a different like feeling. So don't go by how you feel. Actually take your temperature and see what it is. And again, if it's running consistently lower than 98.6, Checking your thyroid would be a good thing. And if you're having a consistently low body temperature and you're getting sick all of the time or you feel run down all of the time, probably that's because there's stuff living in you and your body is not able to like get your body temperature back up or mount a fever. And I hear this a lot from patients. They'll be like, oh yeah, I never get acutely sick. I haven't had a fever in years. And well, that may be okay, but if their body temperature is running low, let's say the body temperature is running like 96.9, which I have a patient like that, her temperature runs... When her temperature goes up to, you know, 98, that's kind of a fever for her because she's normally, I mean, it's good that she gets up to 98, but it's like her body's trying, but but she can't get much higher than that because her thyroid, she doesn't have enough thyroid power to ramp up that basal metabolic rate and ramp up that body temperature. So again, thyroid is really, really important. So if you're someone who's chronically sick and you're getting sick a lot, in the last couple of years, you've been like, man, I just feel like I keep getting sick and I can't get over it and I can't get better and then I get sick again. Talk to your doctor about getting your thyroid checked. And, you know, and I've talked about this on previous shows, you want to make sure you get your TSH checked, your T3, your T4, a T3 uptake, a reverse T3, and have your thyroid antibodies checked. And when you do get those levels checked, if your TSH is over 2 and your T3 and T4 are on the lower end of the spectrum, which for free T3, that would be anything under 3.5. And for free T4, that would be anything under 1.3. Your thyroid might not be working optimally. And if it's not working optimally and your body temperature is a little bit low, much more likely that you're going to get sick frequently. So that's one of kind of the hormonal things that can have a major impact on your immune system is your thyroid health. Two, your adrenals, which we talk about a lot on the show. If your cortisol levels are low, cortisol and T3 or the active thyroid hormone have some similar actions in the cell. So and a lot of times low adrenals or adrenal fatigue can look similar to hypothyroid states. So 
for example, like my thyroid currently is totally fine. My adrenals are always a little on the lower end. If I'm not doing enough rest, I tend to burn them out quite a lot. It's just something that I'm working on. It's why I like to teach about it. But my body temperature tends to run a little bit low. I've been working on it. It's getting better, but it tends to run 97.9, 98 flat. And, you know, and, and I've, I've, again, my thyroid checks out pretty well. And I don't do well when I take thyroid hormone at this point in my life. I've taken it before and it's been helpful, but right now it's not, that's, that's not the issue. But when I take adrenal support and I get adequate rest, I notice my body temperature comes up and I'm less likely to get sick. So really important, like to, you know, to kind of assess where your adrenals are. And if you're, if you're kind of wondering, okay, I'm not really sure where to start. Where do I, how do I know if my adrenals are good? What am I looking for? Well, your adrenals are pumping out cortisol, which, you know, is what most of us think of as the stress hormone, but it's really the hormone that will give you energy that we might need to deal with stress, but we might just need it for plain energy. And again, it's going to help with that basal metabolic rate. It's going to help with that cellular energy. And it also plays a role in building up and boosting your basal meta, excuse me, your, your body temperature. So if cortisol levels are very, very low, you are much more likely to have a lower body temperature. And this is why low adrenals can also make it harder for you to lose weight because it's going to have an impact on your metabolism as well. So... If you're wanting to kind of get a read on what your cortisol levels might be and you don't want to go get lab testing done, a really easy way to kind of assess is to plot your energy throughout the day. So make a simple graph and I can't remember X. I think the X line is the horizontal one. The horizontal line, you're going to have 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., and 9 p.m. And then on the vertical line, which I think is Y, but I'm don't remember my math skills. On that, you're going to have a one through 10. And you're going to wake up in the morning. And the times could vary based on when you wake up. But when you first wake up, plot where your energy level is on a one to 10 scale. And then plot it again three hours later. And then three hours later. And do that for a whole day. Now, caveat here, this really should be done on a day where you don't take a stimulant. You don't drink caffeine. We want to get a true read of what your energy levels are. You could also do it on a day you drink caffeine. But the caffeine might be giving you false caffeine energy, right? So look at, you know, that will kind of give you a sense of what your energy levels are. And nine times out of 10, your energy pattern is going to tell us what your cortisol pattern is going to look like. So if you spring out of bed in the morning and you've got 10 out of 10 energy, you're probably waking up with a good cortisol. And then if let's say by 3 p.m. it's like you can't move and you're super exhausted, we might be seeing a crash. If you're just low, flatline, tired all day long, you know, we might be looking at like a low cortisol or a low adrenal type of state. Or in some cases, I have patients that are super, super tired in the morning. They wake up with no energy, but by the time the end of the day comes, they're full of energy and they're in kind of like a state where their circadian rhythm is a little bit off. And that is a type of adrenal fatigue and that can have an impact on what we've just been talking about on the basal metabolic rate, on the what we want our cortisol pattern to look like as we want it to be, you know, between an eight and a 10 in the morning. And we want energy levels to slowly start to fall off throughout the day. And so before you go to bed, your energy level is like a two or a three. And then as you sleep at night, that's when, you know, the cortisol levels will start to rise. Because when we sleep, that's when our body is able to build more of that energy, build more of that cortisol so that we have it in the morning when we wake up. So different from thyroid, thyroid has its own rhythm, but cortisol, again, is what controls your circadian rhythm. And we want it to be in that healthy circadian pattern that I just mentioned. So again, if, if you're chronically low all day long, that could be contributing to your low immunity. 
So thinking about that, and this is a really great exercise to do, even if you're not struggling with getting sick all the time, but if you're like, oh, my energy's low, I don't feel that great, do one of these graphs and see see where you are. I lab testing will start with a fasted morning cortisol through blood, which will give us kind of a snapshot of what your cortisol levels look like in the morning. If you're getting that test done, I like to see that test level around a 15. That's usually like a, a good place, 15 to 17. If it's lower than that, probably the adrenals are having a little bit of a harder time making that cortisol. If we're kind of unsure or if you're not, if you're unclear when you plot the graph, there's a great test called the Dutch test, which will look, and there's there's other four-point cortisol levels that you can do. I'm not associated with Dutch, but they're a pretty well-known lab and they'll test cortisol. They'll also test estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and look at different cortisol metabolites. So that can be a really, really helpful test to run to kind of get an assessment on what your adrenals overall are doing. But this piece, this adrenal piece, is again really important for overall immune health and keeping your immune system healthy. So we want we want healthy adrenals. We want a healthy production of cortisol. So while we're talking about this piece, too much cortisol. So if you're in the acute stages of a stress state and your cortisol levels are really, really high, that so what happens with cortisol, one of its roles, and this is also why it's important for the immune system, is you know, when we think about the the term fight, flight, the flight is pretty obvious. Like we're running from something. The fight, we might think of it as like, oh, I'm going to fight a tiger. I'm going to fight a bear. But it can also mean you're fighting off an infection. So one of our nervous system's jobs is if there is an invader or a pathogen that comes into the body, your nervous system is going to activate your fight, flight system because we know that cortisol, the body knows cortisol is going to turn on my white blood cell production. It's going to increase my immune cell production. So it's going to help my immunity. So sometimes in the beginning of an infection, we will see cortisol levels go high. And an acute raising of cortisol can be actually very good for your immune system. And this is why the low levels, if your cortisol levels are chronically low, you might not be able to activate your immune system. Like your immune system might just be like, I'm, I'm tired, I'm sluggish. Just kind of how you feel. You're like, I don't, I don't have the energy to fight that virus that's here. So if you're someone that feels run down and gets sick chronically, but you don't mount a fever often, that you know can also be thyroid, but can often be a sign that your adrenals, you know, you don't have enough cortisol production to actually trigger that immune system turning on to start to fight things. But a note there, if your cortisol levels stay chronically high, let's say they're high for a while, which this can often happen if you're going, like, let's say you're going through a divorce initially, like, you know, there's all these emotions and all these things and your cortisol levels will go through the roof and they might stay that way for a while. And if your body has the resources and your adrenals are in a good, healthy place, they will pump out cortisol and cortisol and cortisol to keep giving you the energy you need to deal with all of this stress that you're going through with divorce or whatever it might be. But with really, really high levels of cortisol, that's going to activate your immune system, right? So we're going to have an immune system that's turned on. And sometimes for a prolonged period of time, this can actually overactivate the immune system. So sometimes this is where chronic stress can actually start to lead to an autoimmune type condition. If we leave the immune system turned on in a state of like, oh my gosh, I got to attack everything that's coming in, even if there's nothing coming in, the body will or the immune system will be like, we've got to find something to attack. And it might start attacking itself. It might start attacking the thyroid or the ovaries. or the, It could attack you know whatever tissue it decides to attack. But so that's kind of one of the things that can start to develop. Again, an overproduction of antibodies or an overproduction of T cells or white blood cells 
that could lead to an autoimmune type state. So with the adrenals or the cortisol or this part of the endocrine system, you know, an underactive nervous system or, you know, a place where we don't have enough cortisol, we don't get enough of an immune response. So we can kind of be low level, like, oh, I feel kind of yucky. And if we have a chronically activated system and we still have enough cortisol and it's constantly getting pumped out, we can then overactivate or overstimulate the immune system and again lead towards kind of an autoimmune condition, which can also cause some different types of sickness or ailments. It's it's not good. We want a balanced, healthy immune system so that we can fight off things appropriately, but we're not attacking ourselves. So again, it's it's really important to keep your nervous system and your adrenals in a good, healthy place if we want to keep supporting your immune system. So those are the two, those two guys really have the endocrine system have a, the biggest impact on your immunity. Now, a lot of my patients will tell me that they start to feel, you know, if they're menstruating, if you're menstruating female and you know it's like, ugh, the week before my feel it, period, I feel like I'm much more likely to feel yucky or feel crappy or feel like I'm coming down with something. Or sometimes patients report this to me that the week that they're ovulating, they're like, ugh, I just feel like I'm much more likely to come down with something. This is not necessarily because of estrogen progesterone's effect on the immune system. It's more of what's happening with your adrenals and and their interplay with that estrogen progesterone. And, and, you know, when the adrenals are really, really low, sometimes the body will steal from the sex hormones. So if cortisol is really, really low, we might steal from estrogen and progesterone and try to shunt that over into your cortisol production, which means we're going to get a dip of things right before the period. In other times, if the body's kind of prioritizing, you know, the menstrual cycle, or maybe you're trying to get pregnant, or we want to we want to prioritize the sex hormones, sometimes the body will. Maybe you have healthy levels of cortisol for the first three weeks of your cycle, but maybe that week before, the body is like, mm, we're a little low. Maybe we've been stealing from the estrogen, progesterone, you know, for ovulation, but then the week before, we're like, Ooh, we're a little low. We might actually steal from cortisol that week, and we see a dip in our cortisol levels the week before, and that's. Probably the most common thing that I see in my menstruating females is that the week before their period, their cortisol levels will go a little bit lower than they might be the rest of the month. And so we get that place where the body doesn't have the ability to keep the immune system active. So while it might seem like it's related to the sex hormones and it might be their fault, it's usually more of an adrenal-mediated thing going on in that case. And this can be really helpful if we want to check, you know, that blood cortisol level. It can be helpful to check that in that week before your period and see what's happening. And, and also maybe check it two weeks later and see, okay, let's compare. Maybe your cortisol levels look fantastic the week that you're ovulating or the week, you know, right after your period, but they're super, super low that week before your period. That may be, the, you know, indicating that the body's kind of stealing those hormones back and forth. It's almost like the body's robbing Peter to pay Paul. So... Looking at your adrenal health, looking at your thyroid health, these two things have such an impact on the overall immune health of the system. The other major player in the endocrine system that has an impact on the immune system is the blood sugar pathway. And if if we're keeping blood sugar stable, one of the things that your blood sugar levels will do to the bloodstream is it'll it'll keep your pH levels in a good place, right? So if we have, you know, if our blood sugar is staying pretty stable or blood sugar is, you know, fasting is like between 80 and 99, that's a good pH and things are not going to want to thrive there. We don't have bugs and bacteria that can like be like, oh, I'm hanging out here. If our sugar levels are chronically elevated, right? If we're eating a lot of sugar or we're having major highs and lows in sugar and it's kind of affecting our insulin production and our insulin receptors, 
then we might start to see a, P, a very, very slight pH change in the blood, which might make your, again, your body might be a nicer host for things. So I always like to think about with bacteria and viruses and things that we don't want living in us, they're only going to live in you if the environment is conducive for them. And so body temperature is one of the things that determines whether or not they can survive there. But the pH of your body is another thing that determines whether or not they can live there. And that, you know, that could be talking about viruses, bacteria like COVID or the flu or strep throat, but it can also, you know, be important for the bacteria, the good bacteria in your gut or the bad bacteria in your gut. So all of these things are only going to, again, be able to survive and thrive in the body if the conditions are, again, the conditions that they need to survive. So in order to keep out, you know, the bad things that we don't want in us, we want to keep our body temperature around a 98.6 and we want to keep our pH around 7.4, which that's the pH of the body that the pH, you know, where we are super healthy. Now pH, if the pH goes off even just a little bit in the body, we become super, super sick. So I'm talking very micro changes, but I like to think of pH like the weather. So let's think about if we're thinking about the pH in the digestive tract. If the weather gets too hot or too cold, different bugs are going to like living there. So, you know, a lot of times when we get a dysbiosis or an overgrowth or undergrowth of a certain type of bacteria in the small intestine or even, you know, in the whole digestive tract as a whole, it can be because the pH has been off. And things that will affect the pH of the digestive tract and on the body of a whole are your diet, your stress levels, hormone levels, so the things that we just talked about. So, while I mentioned that, you know, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone don't have as big of an impact on the immune system as the thyroid and the adrenals, they do have an impact on the overall pH. So elevated levels of estrogen, for example. So if you've got really, really high levels of estrogen, that can slightly adjust the pH. And sometimes we'll see changes in the vaginal flora, we'll see changes in the gut flora when we have that. But that can also change the overall pH of the body, making it slightly more conducive to some things and not conducive to other things. So keeping everything balanced, as you can kind of see in this hormonal realm, it's really important for keeping our body with a healthy pH and a healthy temperature so we're we're in the right state so that things don't thrive in us. So again, and when we're thinking about this stuff, the basics are really important here, right? So eating a healthy diet, keeping your blood sugar balanced, going to bed on time, getting adequate relaxed time so we keep our adrenals healthy, drinking plenty of water, not consuming too much caffeine. So again, the basics are super, super important for this kind of pH piece. And like I mentioned before, checking the thyroid, looking at your sex hormones, looking at your adrenals, keep, you know, getting a handle on all of these things can be really, really important if you're struggling with your immunity. And again, this is not to say that we don't also work on the right, most things that we think about with our immune system, vitamin C, zinc, you know, all of those basic nutrients are very, very important. But again, the, the hormone stuff is also, I would say, equally as important for your immune system. So that's kind of all I got this week, guys. So if, again, if you're struggling and you're getting sick often and you feel like you're getting sick too often and you can't seem to get better or you're taking a long time to recover, definitely consider looking into, you know, some of the pieces of your hormone system to see if something's off. And if it is, you know, work towards fixing it and you'll definitely see an improvement in your immunity. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and I'll see everyone soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.